Hold on, hold on, hold on. Care to come on the podcast to discuss? I'm Logan Reardon, alongside Peter Dewey, Brian Murphy. We are back. Uh, I think it might be our last pod of the weekend, but we are here to recap the Quinnipiac women's basketball big victory, 80-42 to over Monmouth in the MAC semifinals. Pretty simple win from start to finish. Pretty much wire-to-wire blowout, and uh, Quinnipiac's going to their sixth straight MAC championship game, so... Looking for their third straight. Guys, what did you see out there today? What do you think? Not really much to analyze in a 38-point win. That was really a 40-point game from the outset, but... Just domination, really. They came out and they proved that they were the best team in the conference. They just made a statement that they had a tougher game by far against Fairfield in the quarterfinals. Um, I mean, obviously you can't say the Monmouth didn't put up a fight because I don't think that any of their players would say that, but it really just didn't seem that they got anything going, and they were they were missing just layup after layup. It was like it wasn't even like they were they had a could have forced them to make tough shots, but there were plenty of opportunities where they could have scored and they just flat out didn't. So they just didn't have it today. Yeah, Mama shot twenty six percent from the field today, so. Not exactly ideal when you're playing for a chance to <laughs> no. go to the MAC championship, but um, I, I thought it was sixty-two to twenty-one at the end of three quarters. Quinnipiac gave up six points in the second quarter and four in the third. They just absolutely dominated that those two quarters of the game, and like, it was kind of exactly what we expected. Though I feel like I mean, I, we did say it could be a little bit closer to a morning game, but I think all of us had a prediction of them winning by more than ten points. They just they they clear they came out of the gates like exactly how the men's team you would almost wish they came out where they they threw the first punch and Monmouth just had no idea how to respond and next thing you know it's twenty seven eleven at the end of the first quarter and that kind of set the tone that there's no way they're gonna lose that game. Yeah, so I mean the tone is really set by Paul Stramane. Beginning of the game, she scored the first six points for Quinnipiac. She had a bunch of rebounds. She had a few blocks. Foul trouble kind of limited her, but Trish was saying how. When she plays like that, they're really one of the tougher teams to beat. Obviously, they have been unbeatable in the conference so far, but they're going to be one of the tougher teams to beat if Paula can play like that going forward, especially if they make it to the MAC turn to the NCAA tournament. Yeah, and I think Paul, a lot of Paula's success today, they Quinnipiac runs a lot of these flex cuts, these backdoor flex cuts, and there was um there was one specific play like in the fourth quarter that Logan and I were talking about it where Brit. Paula sets a screen for Brittany Martin to come out to the wing, and Brittany Martin immediately came back in and set a screen for Paula. She gets a wide-open layup off that cut, and, like, they ran a bunch of action like that, like, motion action, where they just got easy shots at the rim for her. They got some shots for Jaden Ward that way. Um, Jem Faye got a couple jump, sh- like, short jump shots that way. And just nobody was able – Monmouth wasn't able to guard it. Their bigs weren't quick enough to keep up, and, like, Quinnipiac was a little bit undersized, honestly, compared to Monmouth's, like, front line. But they were just way more athletic, way more talented. And when you run good offense, like, you're going to get baskets. And if you set good screens, you're going to get baskets. And that's exactly what they did today. Yeah, and um, in addition to Paula in the first half, it was 
there was a lot of Jen Faye. Jen Faye played really well. She had a, one of those all-around games. She had, what was it, 11 points, 6 rebounds, 6 assists, and a, I think 5 steals, too. She she really controlled that game on both ends of the floor, and and I think she's a real key for them, too. She's she's their best player. I mean, whether whether you like it or not, I think she's their best player, and that's not really a controversial statement to make. No, I I think she is. I know Aaron McCourt went first team all conference, but Aaron McCourt struggled today. She was 0 for 4. She had one point. Um, she didn't really get anything going on offense, and she's a great defender, Aaron McCourt too. But that's there's nothing, no like you can't take that away from her. But Jem Faye just she could she controlled the tempo of the game. It seemed like like every time they needed a basket, like early in the game, like Jem Faye hit a bunch of shots, and then. In the second quarter, she was just making unbelievable passes. Mm-hmm. Uh, like she had two that she she did one to um, Paige, Paige Warfel yeah. for a layup, one to Jaden Ward for a layup, and one to Brittany Martin for a layup. They were all just thread the needle perfect passes. And when you have your best player can do that, like your leading scorer can do that, and she goes in the game, she only has to take six shots, and you win by forty. Like <laughs> that's <laughs> a pretty ideal way to have run air offense. Yeah, when she was scoring, she had pretty open looks, and I think it was generated from the fact that Mammoth kind of had to adjust to her passing the ball off and seeing, you know, what, where she was going to be kind of a playmaker. And then that creates the opportunity where they got that in your head, like, all right, you know, if she's going to cut, all right, who else is going to be cutting with her and trying to see who is going with Faye for that pass, and then that opens up the ability for Faye to get some of the open looks. And she's just someone that you can't allow to leave open. She's going to capitalize on that every single time. Yeah, and then again, two more players who capitalized on a lot of open looks today. Brittany Martin, 17 points to lead the team. Taylor Hurd, 14. 14 points. That was that was some of the best games that we've seen them play in a while, too. I mean, Brittany had that the big game against, um, I think it was Manhattan in the last mm-hmm. game of the regular season. She had 20, and she won MAC Player of the Week for the last week of the season, so she's been hot. And Taylor just got the Sixth Player of the Year award, so she's feeling herself now. And to have those two cooking, one off the bench and one in the starting lineup now, that's going to be key moving forward, too. I thought that what well, I was very impressed with for both of them, but especially Brittany Martin, they both attacked the rim a lot today. Yep. Like, Mama tried to run, especially Taylor Hurd, they tried to run Taylor Hurd off the three-point line. She even said in the presser, she was, they, they ran me off the line, so I was just trying to get to the rim. But I thought Brittany, especially in the third quarter, because Quinnipiac struggled a little bit in the second quarter. They only scored 14 points, which for them is kind of a down quarter. They, they didn't really shoot the ball that great that quarter. Then the third quarter, like, Brittany came out, and she was attacking the rim. She, like, left the game with, like, an injury, came back in, and she went right at people two mm-hmm. times in a row. She got an M1. She got fouled, hit two free throws. Like, if she's going to play like that, because, like, Adele is Thornton is much more of, like, a calm. Like, she's the point guard. It's obvious. Like, she calms everybody down, gets them into their sets. But, like, Brittany is super aggressive, and, like, if she's getting to the rim like that, like, and they can't stop her getting to the rim, it opens up so much for your big – Bigs, and that's why Paul Stramani was seven for eight. It's why Jen Faye was three for six, and how they were able to score so easily. I just think when you have guards who can attack the rim and get baskets and finish at the rim, even when you know Brittany Martin is definitely not even the tallest guard you're going to see. She's no. the smallest guard yeah. probably you're going to see on the floor. Right, and it's an extremely impressive um, performance by her today. Yeah, and Trisha's kind of talked about how she's basically been playing her best basketball of her career in this year. I mean, you just look at it as a reach. She's got double-digit points in the last five games pretty much all year. I mean, she started out kind of like a five-point um, average, and that's what she was last year. And now she's coming and she's averaging like eight like, points a game. So mm-hmm. she's been just gradually getting better and better. And, I mean, we talk about the kind of like the big three on the team, Stramonte, Faye, 
and McClure. But when you have Martin that's performing at the level that she is at this time of the year, which is the most important time of the year, it just adds another element to this team. And not that they need another element, obviously, because they're good enough as it is, but it just makes them even more dangerous. The fact that you really have to worry about all five players at all time on the court. Yeah, and I think that kind of gets them back to where they were last year. You had this year, I mean, uh, Trish talked about it, how their defense has been top five all year. It's been one of the best in the in the country, but their offense has lagged behind. Mm-hmm. Today, their offense was there to complement the defense. I think when Brittany Martin is giving you that kind of stuff that Carly Fabry was giving you last year, that really opens things up and makes it a lot, lot tougher to defend as an offense. Oh yeah, one one hundred percent. You put like they have they have the the players too to defend. Like Paula had a bunch of blocks early. Like they're so athletic. They're not the biggest team, but they're super super athletic. They can guard anyone, whether they play man or zone. I think very well. And like today, they forced twenty two turnovers. Like that yeah. is that mom has shot twenty six percent from the field, and they forced twenty two turnovers on them. There's no way you're gonna lose a game when you can do that defensively. And I think that is. That for tomorrow, especially going against Maris in the final, I think that's something they definitely have to to carry over because Maris is definitely a better offensive team than Mammoth is. Yeah, so let's get into it. I mean, Maris, Maris with a close win over Ryder, and they were without their best, one of their best Second players, best one of their two Ryder. best players, um, in Alana Gil Gilmer, and she's averaging fifteen a game. She's been one of their rocks all year. She's a junior, and she was. I guess sick throwing up last night before the game and she wasn't able to go today and they still they still won a tough game over Ryder who was a higher seed so Marist is is no joke this is the fourth time in six years that Quinnipiac's going to be playing them in the final second straight year Quinnipiac beat them by I think it was nine last year it wasn't a it wasn't a close game I wouldn't say but it wasn't like an out of reach game at any point no. it was always they were always kind of hanging around yeah, yeah exactly. and they never really just were able to close the gap from that 8 to 12 point range Mm -hmm. and this year I mean it could be a different story I mean you never know this both teams seem to be playing well especially if Gilmer can come back and play tomorrow which I'm I'm sure she'll find a way to play tomorrow but we're gonna find out right yeah Yeah. Gilmer had 25 in their first round game or their quarterfinal game so obviously you know she can she can play she's only a junior too her and Rebecca Hand are kind of what make that team go makes that team go Mm -hmm. but I think like She'll play tomorrow. There's no way she doesn't play tomorrow. I think you you'd be foolish to think that she's yeah. not. You know, yeah. like there's it's a championship game. We got a chance to go to the NCAA tournament. You're, she's gonna play, but I think that's the big thing for Quinnipiac tomorrow. Is it's interesting because Quinnipiac's big three is their three forwards and Maris two best players and their two guards. Mm-hmm. So it'll be interesting to see that dynamic on how and Jem Faye plays more like a guard than a forward, but still it'll be interesting to see those two that kind of a matchup. Um, going forward. I, I think it'll be an interesting game tomorrow, to be honest with you. I wasn't impressed with what Ryder did today, so I'm kind of happy that Marist is the team we're going to get to see in the final. I think it'll make for a more interesting game. Yeah, and I mean, the two games this year, they weren't necessarily, like, close, close games. One game was 78-66. Um, the Quinnipiac pretty much had, the, they pretty much were dominating the entire game. Kind of like, like fourth quarter, Marist caught up with points in the same situation. Uh, they beat them seventy six to sixty nine, so a seven point difference. But Maris outscored them thirty to twenty four in the fourth quarter. So, um, but I mean, both those games, it, like we said, Gilmer made an impact. She put twenty one points up on them um, in one of the earlier matchups. So she has the ability to be a playmaker. Um, 
it's just a matter of if Quinnipiac is are they going to be able to handle both Gilmer and Hand and obviously the health of Gilmer. I mean, like I said, I don't see how she's. It's the last game of the season. Even <laughs> yeah. if even if she's on maybe limited minutes or they see yeah. through the first quarter, all right, she's not a hundred percent. We can't have her go. It's going to be worse if she's in and playing sick than not in at all. Like we might as well put someone in and replace her. But there's she's definitely going to play. Um, it's just a matter of how much of an impact can she make health wise. You know? mm-hmm. I mean, it's just the fact that none of us know, and I don't even think Maris knows. No, like, they, like, they, they won't know until tomorrow. Exactly, they didn't even know yeah. today. So it really is going to be a game time decision on how she feels and how much of an impact that she's going to be. But regardless, Quinnipiac's got to prepare to have her, prepare to be able to go up against mm-hmm. her. Yeah. So I mean, let's say both of them are healthy. You've got Adele Thornton, who's she hasn't been scoring the ball as well, nearly as well as she has in the past few years. But I think. Her intensity on the defensive end, she's kind of the leader of that defense. I know Paul's Paul's the anchor of the defense, yes, but I think I think Adele leader. is the leader of that defense at the top of the key. So you put her on one of those two, but do you think I don't know if Brittany Martin can keep up with the other one? Well, who do you think they I put on? I would probably put Brittany McClure maybe on one of them. You could that I think you could put especially on Rebecca Hicks. She's more of a she's a bigger guard. Yeah. I think if you honestly, I I wouldn't be surprised if Trish did that because. That's what Aaron McClure is. Like, she's right. a great defender. So you go that's and you her put game. your... Yeah, that, I guess that is her game. You put your best you put your best defender on their best player, and, you know, that's, like... They they clearly don't... They don't need Aaron McClure to get 30 a night. Like, it's not like the men's yeah, team where they, 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 they need exactly. Cam. They, like, Aaron McClure at one point today, and they rolled. They yeah. were fine. So if you sit there and you say, okay, Aaron, you're our best defender, go out and lock down Rebecca Hand for us, and, like, if you get... 8 points, 10 points, like, great, we'll take it, but you don't have to go crazy on offense for us to win, mm-hmm. then I think you're you're in a good position. I mean, it's not like, again, like, Aaron averaged 10 a game in the regular season. It wasn't like she they, they relied so heavily on her where if she doesn't score, they can't win. Mm-hmm. So I think if you have her and Adele on, on those two guards and, you know, Brittany Martin on on the whoever, I guess, is playing the three for them, I mean, it might be a size mismatch, but it's, it's clear for Maris that it runs through those two. Yeah. So, I think you gotta that the first thing is if you can shut down those two, you're gonna make it real tough on them. And that's the one thing that you gotta love about Quinnipiac is you can't just go out and say, oh, we're gonna shut down Jen Fay or oh, we're gonna shut down Aaron McClure because it just doesn't work. They they'll find other right. people to score. Seven players in double figures today. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. They'll find anyone will score. They have way too much offense on this team for you to to go into a game thinking you can shut down one player and change the whole game. Yeah, and I mean. It's it's evident. You look at the last two games. Exactly what you said. The first, the top three leaders in the quarterfinals were Faye, McClure, and Martin. Today it was Martin, Stratmani, and Hurd. So it really is, and they've said, and Martin said that at the quarterfinals. It's the fact that what makes them so tough to play against is you can't prepare for one person. You can't prepare for two or even three people. You have to prepare for their entire, not mm-hmm. even just their starting five. You right. have to prepare for their bench as well. Yeah. I mean, Hurd coming off the bench. And she put up 14 points today, so it's, I think, one of the difference maker, and kind of Trish said it, is going to be Paula, and the fact that if they can get her going and working down low, and she's able to get some points and kind of dictate um, the flow right off the bat, I think that'll kind of make or break how this game goes. Um, we saw it, obviously, today with Monmouth, where she got off, what was it, the, she got she the first, first six, six, po- yeah. first six yeah. points, and the game was pretty much kind of over right from the get-go. You felt I mean, like it was. Yeah. You really <laughs> felt like it was. You hate to say it, but, yeah. I mean, it was like... It was clear like, that Monmouth was over Exactly. And so you 
she's able to come and it's not like she has to. I mean, she didn't really set the tone in the first game and there was still one. So, but I think if they're able to get her go, that will be a huge for Quinnipiac to kind of get things over because Marist and will be it will not be a cakewalk like today was obviously Marist. From what we've seen, yeah, they're the three seed, but they're probably the second best team in the MAC. I thought it was impressive too. Paige Warfel and Jaden War both didn't really play that much in the first game, and they both had seven points off the bench. Um, Jaden had, I think it was five rebounds. Yeah, she had five rebounds, and Paige had three. Like they or Jaden had six rebounds, and Paige had three. Mm-hmm. Five of Jaden's rebounds were um were offensive rebounds, which is extremely impressive. Like they did a they did a good job coming in and like Paula picked up her third I think in the third quarter third foul and like there's just it's like a seamless transition like they yeah. were rotating Trish was running like three minutes and just like keeping subbing people and like you couldn't even tell that their bench was in the game and I think when other teams like you can tell when their best mm-hmm. players come out of the game you like if you're just watching Quinnipiac and you're not focusing like one hundred percent on who's on the floor you wouldn't be able to tell by anything they do offensively or defensively different. That who is on the floor at, at that given time? I think. I think it's just. It seems like whoever's on the floor, they know what they're gonna do, and it's it's a, just a fluid like it's a system. They're they're a system, and they just that they run so smoothly. I don't think they. It's that's the biggest thing I think that they have the advantage over with Marist in, in this game, and the advantage they've had with everybody in the conference. They're they're just so much better from one to nine or eight or however many they decide to play that day. Yeah, yeah, for sure, and I mean. I guess rehashing the uh, original predictions, B. Murph over here, the only guy to get the women's game right. I was. The women's matchup right, I should say. We yeah. all we all still have Quinnipiac alive in that. And I'd say we all probably feel pretty good about that going into tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. 100%. Yeah, yeah. I, think it, I think it'll be a tougher game for sure. But I, I don't see these Quinnipiac seniors losing tomorrow. No. No. I mean, they've been there for two years now. This is... I mean, not the last go, because if they win, they'll be in the NCAA tournament. But this is the last go for the MAC, And I think they kind of – if they were to lose, that's how they're going to be remembered. They're not going to be remembered for going back-to-back undefeated regular season. Back-to-back. Sure, yeah. yeah, they're not going to be remembered. They're going to be remembered for losing kind of in the senior year. And you know that's going to be pretty demoralizing to all of them. So this is how they want to go out. They want to go out on top and just, you know, continue, keep the streak going. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I guess we can touch a little bit briefly on the men's side. Yeah. Quinnipiac's obviously gone, but um, our men's predictions, BMRF's already got his champion gone. Riders out of here. Lost first round, uh, quarterfinal round, I guess, their first game to Siena. Um, and who'd you have against them, Canisius? Yeah, Canisius. Canisius, uh, we have an update on that game? It's probably I'm just looking, starting, right just now. getting underway. We're podding a little bit early tonight to... Uh, Light light day for us. Mama's up eight to seven, like three minutes into. Yeah, all right. Well, it just started, but um, Dewey and I still have our champion left. Iona topped Sienna tonight rather easily, I would say. It was they were up between ten and fifteen points most of the way, and uh, they just kind of looked like they were the best team in the MAC tonight. Yeah, Iona showed up tonight. They, I think they were didn't. I'm not going to say they didn't show up against St. Peter's, but I think they, they got kicked a little yeah. bit by St. Peter's, and then they're like, oh, we got to actually start playing. It was a wake-up call. Yeah. Yeah. And tonight, like, I don't know, it's just their starting five. We were talking about it on the, the way back to the hotel. Like, they're very similar to the Quinnipiac women. Anybody can beat you. Like, it's yeah. Tawan A.G., E.J. Crawford. Today it was Ricky McGill and, and Gist. Were, Gist had 20 points. I don't think yeah. anyone would have expected that coming nope. into this game. 
And Jalen Pickett was decent for, for Siena. Evan Fisher missed a ton of shots, but he still scored a decent amount of points for Siena. But Iona just blew them out of the water. Like, they, they just looked like the better team. The whole, they were up 20 with a minute to play. Like, that that's the – and, like, Siena made it interesting at the end because they fouled. But, like, they were up 70 to 50 with a minute 13 to play. Like, there's, there's, there's no real real, re, well, real yeah. description you can put other than that on this game. Yeah, Fisher didn't play great. He had a lot of looks, definitely, especially down low, where it's normally you'd think that he'd make those, and he just didn't. And when you have one of your best players like that that's just not making baskets, and the fact that Pickett didn't have a point the entire first half, yeah, you've yeah. got arguably the second best player probably in the MAC, mm-hmm. and he's not. I don't even think he was being that aggressive offensively no, no. at all. So would have liked to see him take more. Than three exactly. Shots in the I first mean, this half. is the semifinals, and your best player is not going to be pulling the trigger on some of the shots. You're not going to expect to win. So yeah. But I agree. Iona did come out and. It, it is very similar to the women's team where it's um, all of them are going to contribute. And so they're going to be a tough team to beat. Whoever comes out of the Canisius-Monmouth game certainly is going to have their hands full. Um, but I own a much improvement from their quarterfinal game, that's for sure. Yeah, so, I mean, Pete had Quinnipiac in the final. That was that was a tough call on that side. Some, that was some Cam Young bias. Yeah. I, really, I really thought Cam was going to be able to pull it off, but... I mean, even his best effort wasn't able to get him a win. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, um, I got. We talked about it the first night. I got every single first round game wrong, but I still got my final two left. So, clinging to that hope, I guess if we were playing ESPN, I might be, I might be winning the scoring, of a bracket True challenge. Bracket, yeah. But, um, but yeah, I mean. Yeah, I think I think this Canisius Monmouth game will be a little bit closer than people would think. I think Monmouth might win. To be honest, though, I don't don't. Don't stick me to that, but I, they they're playing with a lot of momentum off of last night's yeah. win, and then I, I just I don't know. I feel like yesterday was such a great win, but for Monmouth, like they played almost perfect basketball, so it's yeah. it's a good way to to come into the semifinals. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we'll see. Uh, by the time people listen to this, they'll probably know who won that game. So Pete could sound really smart or really stupid. We'll we'll see. Hopefully, I'll be really <laughs> smart. Um, but yeah. Uh, not sure what the status of the next pod is, if there will be one tomorrow or if there will not be a lot of factors in the air in terms of driving and whatnot and all that. But uh, Oh, by the way, it snowed in Albany today. It is March 10th, and it snowed in Albany. It's just nonstop here, back-to-back years. I mean, what else do you expect? We didn't get it as bad as last year. We didn't have to pull over on the side of the road. We didn't have to. That was also because I cleaned off my car. This is a direct at Connor Roche. I cleaned off my car before we started to drive. Um, like the top two? Yeah, <laughs> like the top of the car. Like, I actually was like, oh, let's not have the... the also, the roads weren't plowed. Like, I'm going to rant a little bit about Albany. Yeah, right Albany now. didn't plow. They didn't plow the roads. We left, <laughs> the highways. We left for the women's game at like 9 o'clock, and none of the road. The highway wasn't plowed. Like, there was exits, snow all over Exits the where people were sliding off exits. It was, it was bad. It was bad. Yeah, not a great look for Albany, yeah. a city that probably gets snow more than once a year, I'd say. At least. <laughs> yeah. At least. And then the other thing, every restaurant in Albany closed on oh, Sundays. Oh, yeah, yep. We went to, like, six places that were closed <laughs> today for lunch. Like, I don't know how that's possible. If one restaurant, here's a tip to all <laughs> restaurant owners know. Restaurant owners. If you open on Sunday, you will get all the business if you're by the Times Union Center because, like, there's nowhere to eat. 
Your only competition would be Subway. Yeah, yeah I, I, you'd I, win. Yeah. You'd win. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> well, we don't get. Uh, you don't have to worry about that next year. No Albany, no more Albany. Well, Mac tournament moving to Jersey. Mac tournament moving to Jersey. Yeah. Me and Pete moving. Out of see, here. see if Atlantic City will. <laughs> I wonder if Atlantic City will be an improvement. I I don't know anything about Atlantic City. I don't know. Beamer, if you be twenty one, you could gamble down there. I can. Mm-hmm. That's dangerous. See if the Chronicle will reimburse. You. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'll just bring the receipts. <laughs> hey, Dave, will this work? <laughs> I gambled my thirty dollars of food away. <laughs> so, Dave, I got like negative one fifty. You think I got thirty of those reimbursed? <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, um, that's gonna do it. Another pod in the books. Uh, good to talk to you guys again. I don't know what Pete's doing. He's celebrating another pod down. Uh, We'll talk to you guys soon. Keep with us. QCron Sports for updates on the women's game today slash tomorrow whenever you're listening to this. Uh, All right. Thanks.